One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Addicts edge a five-goal thriller and win consecutive games for the first time this campaign. The new manager bounce is paying off. Welcome to Charlton Live. Yeah, it's a new manager bounce. I think you'll find he's got his full-time job and he. he Deserves it as well, Lee Bay. Good evening, welcome uh, to Charlton Live. My name is Louis Mendes, and we've got a packed studio here at the Valley where we're going to talk about yesterday's 3 2 win over Wickham Wanderers. So, joining me here in the studio at the Valley is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Good. Yeah, very yeah. good. In a good mood after yesterday? Pretty chipper, yeah. Pretty chipper. You're feeling feeling well then? Better than I was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't very well yesterday. Hungover tries to blame it on the dodgy kebab. Uh, joining the uh, the two of us in the studio is Nathan Miller. How are you doing, Nathan? Yeah, good. Living the dream. Living the dream as per always. 3 yeah. 2 win. Looking yes. Glowing with. Another one. And. What? And. And. Oh yeah, Jacko. Jacko Jackpot comes in again. Forty-eight pounds we've won over the last two weeks for the upbeats. They're all going to be turning up to games in Lamborghini soon (laughs) at this rate, aren't they? And and, uh, joining the three of us here at the studio, like I say, it's a packed house. Is uh, the grand old man of Charlton Live, Terry Smith? I didn't tell. I'm doing superb, and I want to know where you buy your Lamborghinis. (laughs) For forty-eight quid. Yeah, Yeah, we say you could drive them, but it's like little toy ones. 
<laughs> right, so on tonight's show, we will look back at yesterday's 3-2 win, five-goal thriller against Wickham Wanderers here at the Valley. We're going to hear our exclusive interview uh, with Lee Bowyer after the match. Also, of course, going to hear the highlights uh, of the game. Then we're going to hear from you guys as well. You can have your say on yesterday's game. Who's, who stood out for you? Who was it that turned the game in Charlton's favour? What did you think about the fact we swapped the goalkeepers? Anything you want to talk about? Studio at charltonlive.co.uk on the email. Uh, at Charlton Live on Twitter. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum. Uh, there's a thread on there for tonight's show as well if you want to talk about anything on tonight's show don't forget um, later on in the show we're going to hear from Lyle Taylor um, goal scorer yesterday he's doing something for charity next month you may have read about it uh, he's going to be dyeing his hair pink for the month of October uh, he spoke about that in the press conference yesterday so we're going to hear what he said uh, why he's doing that and uh, we'll let you know how to, you can donate to him uh, later on in the show as well so um, before we hear the highlights tell um Interesting fact, well, uh, my level of interesting, is that we've played Wickham five times ever in league football. We've beaten them every time, and it's always either been 2-1 or 3-2. Fascinating fact. What did you think about the I game? I can't follow that, can I? No. Uh, in terms of fascinating fact. The one thing that uh, that um, hit home is when I, uh, in the commentary yesterday, just before I started, I'd, I'd actually downloaded all the stuff. for, uh, And there wasn't a lot, as you say, we've only played them five times, so it didn't take a long time. But um, the last time we played them at the Valley, and we won 2-1, was when we were crowned as champions mm. of League One. Yes. Uh, and um, the goal scorers were um, Jan Kermigan and Dale Stevens. Yeah. Just to, um, just to set the mood. Oh, <laughs> exactly, right. yeah. Well, uh, but other than that, um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. It yeah. was, uh, well, I'll rephrase that. The first minute was thoroughly enjoyable. The next half hour was utterly painful, uh, and then something clicked, and we changed um, the fluky goal, I suppose. Yeah, that's perhaps changed the the, the game in our favour. I mean, I felt Tom that we Charlton performed in spells yesterday, and it was it during those spells that we showed our quality. As, you know, outside of that, you know, it was a fairly even game with Wickham at times that you could probably say they dominated the opening half an hour, if not dominated, it certainly looked comfortable in the opening half an hour. Yeah, definitely comfortable. I think we were we were poor for that half an hour, but you're right when we. Well, the first goal came because we, it was our first passing move of the whole match. And when we clicked yesterday, we looked as good as I've seen us in a long time. Um, if we can get that together, then we look like we could be a very dangerous side this year. And I suppose the, the thing you'd say is that it wasn't our best performance, or certainly not for the whole game, and yet we've still come out winners. And when mm. you start to do that again, perhaps you're a team that people will start to take a bit seriously. Yeah, we just saw little flashes of what we are, are capable of. It was a nervy last uh, five minutes to serve injury time though, Nath. Yeah, as always, we never do it the easy way, do we? We never win comfortably. Um, but I thought we was comfortable up until that point, but then they had to throw everything at us, didn't they? Um, and luckily, well, not luckily, I'm glad for Lee, we, uh, we didn't concede a third because I wouldn't have been surprised if we did. Mm. Well, luckily, we held on. Well, <laughs> excellent. Well, proof that we didn't concede a third is in these uh, highlights coming up here. Just a... Just a quick point, um, for the more attentive of you, you may notice that for the Charlton second goal... My voice changes. Uh, <laughs> Terry's doing a fantastic impression of BBC Radio London's Phil Parry, uh, because I forgot to start recording at the start of the second half, and it's only after the second goal that I realised. So uh, uh, at one point, it changes commentator. But other than that, this is the value pass highlights yesterday of uh, the 3-2 the win over Wickham. Thompson takes it up, corner of the penalty area, ball into the box, it's a shot, and it's gone past here! And in for the opening goal in six and a half minutes. It was Williams that picked it up for the throw. Advanced to the left-hand corner of the Charlton penalty area. Drifted inside and just unleashed a shot beyond Jed Steer and into the right-hand corner. And Wickham have the lead. 
There's nothing Steer could do about that on the first watch. Terrible defending, though, from Charlton. There's a, there's a triangle of Wickham players on the right-hand side that is easy for them to create in the opening. I think one of the back three of Charlton, maybe Saar or, or one of the midfielders, it's hard to say, didn't get tight enough, didn't stick to their man, Williams. But Williams just cut inside and just went for goal. It's a, it's a glorious finish, in fairness, to Williams. But Wickham, the last couple of minutes, just started opening a lot of possession started creating a, a little bit more and looked a bit dangerous and on that occasion it was perfectly timed finish from Williams but Charlton will be so disappointed Solid. defensively ball to the edge of the box to Taylor lays it off for Rebo. Rebo trying to work an opening out left to Page Charlton building here Page ball into the box deflection and goal and out of nothing really Charlton have the equaliser Lewis Page is cross Coming off the deflection off of Jumbati, I think. And a defender with a real unfortunate goal has gifted Charlton back into this game. Well, it was a great move that caused it. Um, just at the back, Jason Pierce was getting in front of Akinfenwa, not, not allowing him to, to, to dominate. And that just set the tone. And then you mentioned it on, on comms where you had uh, Bauer, Prattley and Solly all battling. Now, they didn't all win every single battle, but they at least at least they competed and, and the ball ran to Charlton ran to Chris Solly lovely move down the right hand side and uh, uh, it uh, it stretched Wickham a little bit and it allowed Lewis Pace to have that space on the left hand side found by Arebo he got the better of his man the cross into the box I think would have fallen to Lyle Taylor if it hadn't taken a deflection and gone in so uh, I think he had to make some contact with it I didn't see who actually got the final touch by I the way I think it was Jambatti towards Page on left hand side Page with a good header down the line to Taylor Taylor Gets a little bit lucky and a reverse ball finds Jose. His reverse ball finds Carlin Grant. Saved by Allslot. The deflection punched away again by Allslot. And that was a glorious chance to chance. And now Grant on the run. Grant being allowed to run into the penalty area. Grant chip ball back towards Taylor. Oh! Goal! Just over the bar. And that is half-time whistle. Joe Rebo now has it. Edge of the 18-yard box. Slides it through towards Grant. And he puts it to the far post. And it's smothered in by Lyle Taylor. The ball recycled at the far post. And Lyle Taylor turns it in from a yard out. Charlton at the covered end of the ground. Take the lead for the first time this afternoon. It's Charlton 2, Wickham Wanderers 1. Yeah, well. real composure. Aribo slotted in Grant. He shot. Went right across goal. But they kept it alive at the far post. It was turned back in and from close range. I think for his efforts and his work rate this afternoon, Taylor has deserved that goal. And we said there's a goal coming. Charlton back in front. And superb work on that far post by Patrick Bauer. The low ball had come across from Carlin Grant. It'd gone too wide of the goal for Bauer to get a shot on goal. But he had the vision just to play it back into the middle. And Lyle Taylor, there was under pressure. He had to bundle it home from close range. He got one in very similar circumstances last week, bundling home from close range. That's why we've signed him. That's why Charlton signed him. That's his job. And he's doing it so far. Fourth goal of the season. Reeves is about to chip this ball towards the penalty area. It does so. Naby Saar on the run. He gets there. Saar. Can he finish? Yeah. Yes, Come on. Naby Saar. Goal scoring machine. Come on. Centre half. Has backed another one. And Charlton have a 3-1 lead. Oh, it's so simple in here for Naby Saar. Great ball in from Reeves though. Saar won the first ball. It just ricocheted down. And it's just this big man mounting. Just coming, ploughing through. This is my goal. I want it. And he manages just to poke it with his right foot past Allslot. And Charlton, after 
a disappointing first half, I think it's fair to say. Second half have really grown into the game. And now the two-goal cushion. The corner comes in, in towards... Uh, and it's a header from the substitute hall, I think that was. And Wickham have a goal back. Yeah, it's a little bit soft from a charm perspective, a little bit frustrating. Talked about this two-goal cushion and we've been really comfortable the last ten minutes. And just the ball comes in, Cowan Hall with a header. Gets Wickham back in the game. And there is the final whistle. Charlton have seen it out. And runaway 3-2 winners. Lovely old stuff there. Terry, your uh, Phil Parry impression is second to none. I think it's excellent. I'm, yeah. I'm going on uh, stars in the right. What's, what's, the, uh, what's the, yeah. the, the talent contest now? Yes. Uh, Britain's got talent. Britain's and, got Greg, talent. and Greg doing yeah. Bradley Allen as well. Yeah, yeah excellent. Uh, well done to, to everyone there. Um, excellent to hear the highlights of yesterday's game. It was an exciting game uh, that Charlton came out on top in. Um, but as we said, like... We played in spells, and you could hear the relief when that first mm. goal went in from Terry cheering the own goal, because up until then, I don't think we'd really registered an effort on goal. No, I thought they started much the better, and I don't. looking back, I don't think they were a very good side. So it was it was us starting sluggish, which we've, we've not really done too much, I wouldn't have said, so far this season. But um, yeah, we started really poorly. We gave them far too much space. We, we were just saying before we came on air, we seem to be making a conscious effort not to close down the ball in wide areas to let them cross it in not to be too tight to Akin Fenwar despite his size and it looked like that was a decision that was taken which obviously we changed later on but that played right into their hands and that Williams who obviously went on to score was their most dangerous player going forward by by quite a long way and yeah it, it was nervy to start with and you could see them you, you just felt like that goal was coming from the moment we kicked off and uh, as you say the relief when we started to turn it around was you, you know you could hear it and um Obviously, then we, we improved and we started to play our stuff. And in the end, despite the late goal, it was actually quite a comfortable victory. But it didn't seem like that when the game mm. kicked off. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, Lee Bowyer says it himself, we looked nervous in that first half, particularly after the... I mean, because you could argue before the goal went in, there was only seven minutes that the goal went in on from uh, Randell Williams. as a good strike and that a couple of people have asked questions of the goalkeeper, which we'll come on to in a minute. But you could quite see after that that we were nervous and, you know, Wickham were lifted by the goal and were quite happy to make it difficult for us. Yeah, I think um, just that, yeah, I mean, echo what Tom said really, we didn't really, the ball wasn't sticking very well up front, so as soon as we we got possession, we we didn't keep the ball well enough and then it it was just coming straight back and and I think once, like Tom said, once we started getting the confidence on the ball, we, we, we cut them open really, but it was just a bit of a, yeah, a slow start. I, I couldn't really... I couldn't really put my finger on it and I just thought when they scored the first I thought it's going to be one of these days and they were just going to sit behind the ball and then we weren't going to be able to break them down but yeah we did start slow but luckily we managed to come out of it we'll talk about that opening goal then for Randall Williams because like I say I've seen a couple of people you know we've had one from London in a geezer he actually tweeted in saying so he's steer better than Phillips you could argue he could have done better for the first goal told. I mean did you have a view on it do you think I mean it was a great strike yeah, from the edge of the box we didn't close him down as no well, we didn't but... close him down I don't. I think that's the key I, don't, I personally don't think um, Steer Phillips or uh, too many others would have would have got to that it was perfectly positioned but he had the time and space to pick his spot uh, and that was a disappointing thing and that sort of and I agree with the, the guys already uh, Tom and Nath that uh, we, we allowed them that space for that first half hour of the game for some reason uh, it was almost like um, there was a conscious effort to allow allow them space uh, between uh, their front well front two as they started they sort of went back to one up front afterwards but um, 
front two and and their midfield. It's almost like you can have that space. We don't need it. We don't want it. Uh, yet they closed us down every time we had the ball. They were on us in two impacts in twos and threes, <clears> and that's why we couldn't settle on the ball. <clears> why we couldn't create anything, and we were allowing Akinfenwe and um, Mikel Smith to to a lesser extent to have the ball at their feet hold us off and then bring other players into play and we, we weren't following them we weren't running with them it was a really strange first half hour well I, note, I noted during the first half that the difference between the South End game last week and yesterday's game was we didn't have a man in the middle like Josh Cullen yeah. did at South End right. who whenever he seemed to have the ball always seem to have two or three seconds on the ball. They always seem to find space, whether it's you make your own space with good control, you run into the pockets where there is space. We didn't seem to have that yesterday. Yeah, I completely agree. And obviously I was commentating on South End and you get used to saying certain people's names even in the early stages of games. And I remember talking about the midfielders a lot in the early part of that game. Obviously I wasn't doing that yesterday, so so I don't know for definite, but it didn't seem like our midfielders had a huge amount of the ball in those opening 15, 20 minutes. And it just seemed like we were kind of bypassing them and, and the game was passing them by a little. I'm sure we'll come on to talk about a Jose's performance just in general, but Aribo didn't see much of the ball, I didn't think. Prattley didn't quite seem his, his tenacious self that he has in other games as well. Um, maybe down to the injury, if, if that's what it was that brought him off as well. So, yeah, it just seemed we were slightly overrun in the middle of the park and, and like everyone said, we were just leaving far too much space in the final their final third, our defensive third. And, None of the defenders really stepped up and tried to fill that space either because they had their hands full with, with a couple of strikers. Obviously, it was Joe Rebo who'd come in for Cullen. He was injured last week with his hip. Cullen's now on international duty. Rebo was able to come back. So would you have expected him to have been the man who would have found that space in possession? Uh, of everyone that played, yeah, he's probably the most, more technical than um, Prattley because um, we know Prattley's just more of a, sort of a, a ball-winning midfielder. But... Yeah, I agree with Tom. It, the, the game did seem to pass them by, and it just seemed that they were always a step or a second too late in a challenge, or they were never getting that space like Cullen does um, to to strike, demonstrate, you know, his technical ability. And it was yeah, it was just a just a strange start. But you know, he he improved in the second half. But for sure, there wasn't anyone with that with that nous in that in the middle of the park to try and dictate the tempo at all for mm. me. I mean, as far as I could see it, um, they Wickham played a quite high tempo midfield, uh, and they played five across that, you know, the same as we were doing, and we didn't match them. I mean, um, in most games, and it's a, a well-worn phrase, you've got to earn the right to play football. So you got, I mean, if there's a battle to be had, you've got to do it. Um, and we weren't competing with them, and I think it's quite as simple as that. The midfield just didn't compete, and practically tried his best. Bless him, Aribo's not that style of player anyway. Um, and uh, poor old. Uh, um, uh, Nicky Jose, I'm not sure he knew where he was. To be honest, uh, I don't, don't think he. It looked like he wasn't sure what position he should be playing because every time, everywhere he went, the ball was somewhere else, mm. um, and he looked lost a little bit. And we weren't competing in their midfield, which meant the ball just. It was like playing against a war ball. It just kept coming back and back and back. And um, it wasn't until we scored. And if you um, if if you remember on the goal, it was on probably the first time anybody got in front of Akinfema, yeah. and Pierce did it. Whether whether or not he was told. For, uh, from the sidelines, right? You've got to start winning. You've got to start getting in front of him, or whether it was just something that clicked. Because the there. second he has the ball, you can't get it off. Exactly. Yeah. So you've got to either get in front of him or have somebody in front of him to stop that ball getting there in the first place. And as soon as we did that, suddenly we're on the front foot and we turn them because they're expecting him to hold up. They're expecting the mid, their midfielders was almost expecting him to uh, to lay them off, 
and of course suddenly it's not there and we have them on the back foot mm. and we go up and I'm convinced if the guy hadn't put it in the back of the net himself it was going to run a Taylor for the finish anyway. Haven't so. seen yeah. it back. Sido John Batty was the man who, who sliced it into his own uh, goal. The cross came from Lewis Page. He had actually got beyond once before towards the pylon where he tried that that sort of slice cross, <laughs> but he just sliced it straight into the uh, into the Jimmy C. But I'm always saying he's my favourite crosser of the ball at the club, and uh, so I was glad that he did that. He put it into the danger area, and like I say, John Batty, there was nothing really he could do other than to slice it in off that far post. And then all of a sudden, you know, the... The cliche is goals change games, but I mean it did, didn't it? Because then we all of a sudden we were the team for that last 15 minutes of the first half that looked most likely. And it was only five or so minutes later that we had that big chance where a Jose slipped Carlin Grant through. Yeah, momentum completely shifted, and you're right. That's probably the one one thing a Jose did that whole half. But it, it came in that 15 minutes after the goal, and suddenly Arebo starts getting on the ball more. Pierce starts winning those headers in the aerial battle up front with uh, Akinfenwa, and we just look dangerous again. And and that's the. That's the part of the game that we need to see more of. Uh, we talked again just before the show about how we like to try and hit people on the counter-attack and move the ball quickly from front, uh, from back to front. And we actually started to do it, and that midfield started to take a bit of ownership. I think that improved even more when Reeves came on second half as well, and Lapsley. Um, but even towards the end of that first half, we just started mm. to look a bit more like Charlton. Yeah. We nearly saw the, the greatest goal of all time as well. It's one of those ones where if it had gone in, then they would have just cancelled the rest of the season. Lyle Taylor, <laughs> yeah. uh, his, his sort of scissor bicycle kick, call it whatever you want. It was, again, good work down the right from Carl and Grant, and these two are forming a lovely partnership now. Um, but you know, Grant's very direct when he gets the ball. He gets towards that byline, dinks the crossover. He's ever so slightly behind Taylor, but he adjusts superbly. Uh, with the flying bicycle and if that I mean it only just uh, cleared the crossbar and if that had gone in I mean that would have been one that we'd have been talking about down here for years and years to come yeah I think we all said off air that we would probably still be here celebrating (laughs) if it went in but um, I thought when when I first saw it I thought it was slightly over hit and I thought it was just going to be a bit too long for Lyle and then all of a sudden I've just seen these long pegs come up in the air (laughs) and and then it can't obviously. Well, I'm in the north, so I can only see it straight. I don't know how far away it was, but it didn't look very far oh, away at all. Really, close. really not far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that if that went in, I think it was goal of the season. I just won- in September. I just wondered if he was doing it in homage to our bicycle kick specialist, Jonathan Johansson. Of course, got his job as the Green Morton manager mm. uh, this this week. So maybe just to celebrate for, I'm going to do do one of his. I'm sure the appointment of Green Morton's manager was uppermost in his mind. <laughs> well, it was in that, mine. It was in mine when that happened, and every time I've ever. Attempted a bicycle kick. I've always thought I was JJ. Ended up in a pile on the floor, of course. But I've always had JJ in my mind. Um, right. That's so, another story completely. yeah. Uh, start the second half. Um, someone else seemed a bit absent-minded because uh, we started the second half with ten men. Now. Uh, the story goes that Nicky Jose, of course, is injured. And now I know there's a few crazy conspiracies going around on forums. I've spoken to Nicky Jose very briefly in the tunnel after. And if he's not injured, then he's a very good actor. Um, he, uh, he, the exact words he used was, I've been Cholternized, uh, as he held his sort of hamstring area. So um, uh, I, he was injured. But then, and we'll hear from Bayer slightly, a very short clip from the BBC interview where he sort of explains there was a... A balls up basically because we started we played one minute and 47 seconds with only 10 men 
that's, that's how we roll. We're good like that. We yeah, know, we still won though, didn't we? Yeah, I was, you know, I, I was tempted to put ten man addicts beat Wickham in 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 the in the report title just so we could really claim some extra stuff. But you know, weirdly, we were the team in the ascendancy towards half time, but we almost reverted to type at the start of the second half again. I think there's a bit of serendipity about this because I think we had the ascendancy in the latter end, as you say, the latter end of the first half because you know it was almost like a light bulb moment. We realised that we had to get in front of their front two every time the ball came forward to win it, and then we were on the front foot for the rest of that first half after the goal but then the start of the second half it looked obviously down to 10 minutes going to affect you anyway but uh, we looked a little nervous again um, and it wasn't until that change happened and then um, Prattley um, who the injury I think came after he um, after he tackled that guy from behind because he mm. launched himself at him Yeah, and I think that's how he uh, he done his hamstring he got away with one sort of, sort of so he, he just got the yellow card for the Sivan challenge tracking back similar he got a similar one last week as well so that seems to be his speciality you know <laughs> taking one for the team do you reckon he practices it? <laughs> don't need to practice that it comes naturally I've done it myself um, um, and then just as he went off injured, he actually he was almost lucky that at the same time that he was injured, Lyle Taylor was down injured on the far side because before the ref had stopped play, Prattley had given away a foul on this near side for quite a sneaky little tug of the shirt. Now, on another day, if the referee's seen that as more cynical, then that could easily have been a second yellow card. Luckily for us, he was taken off soon after. Lapsley uh, came on in his place. And now we're talking about Reeves that come on at half-time for a Jose Lapsley for, for Prattley. And now the energy that Lapsley provided and added to by the creativity and the technical ability that Reeves provided, that sort of turned that second half in our favour as Do well. Do you think um, both of those players would have been substituted for Lapsley and Reeves had they not been injured? Uh, who if, knows? If you, don't, you should have done. Yeah, who knows? They would have had to go shortly. Yeah, well, who, time, who knows? Who knows what Bowyer's thinking was? I mean, yeah, Bowyer again. He said to me that half time when Jose was injured, it was a toss up between whether he was going to bring on um, Reeves or stick Igor on and stick him up top, which presumably would have seen Grant drop down yeah. into the into the number ten role. But luckily, he didn't. Uh, and therefore, so you know, we again, we, it took us a while to to get going, but you know, we had that chance with where the long board gone over the top and. Uh, Taylor had sort of um, you know, tried to go through on the goalkeeper also the keeper's come out spread himself big there was, I saw Reeves and some of the crowd asking for a penalty but I think the keeper did, did well there came out big and, and made the stop and then it was just a, a you know, clash of players I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that and I actually asked, asked him that question because um, his momentum took him into Taylor mm. well if you, that happens anywhere else on the pitch and I mean anywhere else on the pitch where you even if you get the ball but your follow through takes a player out that's deemed as dangerous and it's a foul. And potentially a red card, depending on how bad it is. Because you're not in control. Because you're body, not in control. Yeah. Of your body. You're launching yourself at somebody without any control. And that's a foul everywhere else on the pitch. Mm, maybe. It seems It seems like it's different for goalkeepers, yeah, no, though. Because they, 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 cause, I mean, at the same time, Taylor's sticking boots out as well. So they're moment, well, the momentum of each player. I guarantee if that had been the other way around, and Taylor had have connected with the yeah, keeper, keeper with the follow-through. He gets a booking and, yeah. and a free kick. Yeah, well, uh, who knows? But it wasn't uh, very long after that at all, actually, that, that we, we got the second goal. Some superb work down the left-hand side. Reba, I think it was, who slipped in Carl and Grant. And now this is where we've been talking about this partnership. You know, um, perhaps earlier on in the season, he may have gone for the near post there, trying the most direct route to goal. But he's, he's aware to the fact that you know, if you shoot across the goal, even if it doesn't go in, the keeper might touch it out to someone in the six-yard box. It might be someone on the far post, and that's what it was. Now, you know, 
Patrick Bauer nosebleed territory, but he did so well on that far post because the angle, he had not even a split second to make the decision as to whether to go for goal or to play it back across. He done so well to make that decision to play it back across. The angle was very tight. And then Lyle Taylor, you know, he's the man, Johnny on the spot, that's his job and he keeps doing it now. Yeah, and it was another brilliant move from us. Um, and as I say, when we passed the ball around, we made them look, you know, two, three divisions worse than us. I mean, we were really, really good in those little spells, but we only saw it in glimpses. But it was a lovely link up again. As you say, Aribo had started to get more on the ball. Uh, Grant makes that right decision, which Bo has talked about time and time again. Those two making the right decisions gets it across. Bauer had done so well, like you say, to get forward in the first place and then to cut it back. And it's something we've said on this show time and again. How many times have we asked for that sort of striker that's just in the right place at the right time? And all of the goals that Taylor has scored pretty much have been like that. you know. Mm. And, and that's what we need. And I think that's what we thought we were getting when we signed a Jose as well. It didn't work out. McGuinness, a different sort of striker. But that's the sort of player we need. And when we've got this creativity, particularly with the likes of Cullen coming back, Ward coming in, Reeves, if he can keep up the form that he showed yesterday, Clark coming back, we've got so much, and Grant himself, we've got so much pace and so much attacking threat, you need someone there to just stick the chances away. And Taylor's certainly looking a more rounded striker than the examples you gave mm. there, like a Jose and McGuinness. Yeah. So in, in, the, in the case of McGuinness, you know, McGuinness, his best attribute, other than in the air perhaps, was, his, was going to be his hold-up play. Mm. Taylor's got that, and with a Jose, it was going to be his fox in the boxness, and uh, Taylor's shown that so far as well. And he's got pace as yeah, well. Exactly. You see him hold up the ball, you see him drive yeah. away from players. He's, he seems to have everything. And you need a strike partner as well, and he's got one as well. Now, I tweeted earlier, if you look at uh, Lyle Taylor's four goals so far this season, three of them have come not directly assist because that's not always the way it works but three of them have come from Carlin Grant so he won the penalty at um, Sunderland on the opening day last week at Southend he won the ball and did get a direct assist for the, the work to get it into the middle and Taylor to tap it home and yesterday it was his great run 1-2 I think was it with Rebo and uh, gets towards the byline then obviously he doesn't get the assist for that because it was actually um, Bauer that, that squared it in the end but I mean Lyle Taylor you'll uh, hear from him uh, his views on the game yesterday in the newspaper tomorrow morning but I mean he was really glowing wasn't he about his strike partner and, and rightly so uh, I think um, we're, we're starting to see now the uh, I'm sure the benefits of, of um, the loan spell at Crawley uh, has, has done him uh, uh, some superb good but you know we, we saw that when he broke into the first team uh, what now four years ago three, three four years ago now um, under Bob Peters uh, but he was thrown in too soon and made to play far too many games um, and he just wasn't ready but Prior to that, and in the under twenty ones or the eighteens, that's what he was doing. His pace was frightening. Um, he had the ability to score, and he had the um, he had the ability to take players on and leave them for dead and get the ball in the box. and And we're just seeing the fruits of of what we knew he could be. and And what really pleases me is that it could have been very easy for the club um, or any manager to have just offloaded him because um, you know he's he spent pretty much three years underachieving if you like mm. and so it would have been very easy just to discard it and I'm, I'm, I'm just so pleased that, uh, that that didn't happen because we're now seeing the benefits of it I feel like I mean um, it's quite interesting if you know that one of the players that uh, Wickham bought in yesterday's Fred Onya Dimna uh, Millwall Loney now he made his debut for the Lions against us when he was about 16 his full league debut in 2014 now 
very the same time as very similar times when Carla made his debut actually and he, he got the same fanfare you know he, he came on everyone's like this is the next big thing the 16 year old kid and you can't ex- you can't expect a player to come in at that age and you know Omni Dimna's clearly not hit the heights that he was expected to down at Millwall's got shipped out on loan and the same things happen with Carlin now but he's you know finally coming out the other side of it uh, so it's, it just shows that, you know you, you throw young players in too often not every young player is Joe Gomez unfortunately you know <laughs> most of them aren't going to aren't going to hack it now the third goal uh, came in uh, 10 minutes left to go I mean goal machine as, <laughs> as we were talking about big big nabs uh, he, he's just uh, he's arguably the next Gary Lineker <laughs> I don't yeah, know. He is. He, is he going to present match of the day? Yeah. <laughs> we were saying off, off air how many celebrations he had. He had about three, didn't he? He was quite scary. I don't know. He was right in front of yeah. me. And he actually, it was just he a passion. I was, I was saying, like, when you're not expected to score too many goals, you have to go through your whole repertoire <laughs> of, um, of celebrations at once, get them all out of the way. And, uh, and and he did that. But, I mean, it was it was a good ball in from Reevesy. And, uh, I mean, when a ball's bouncing around on, on the edge of the six-yard box like that, you want someone who's going to battle for it and it's going to be your big centre-half. And Nabby, you know, he's more than happy to battle for it. It's actually not got a dreadful goal record for mm. a centre-half, you know, when he has been played. You know, it's his second league goal for us. Obviously, we know he scored in the checker trade during the week. He scored in the friendly against Brighton, scored at Palace in the League Cup a couple of years ago. So, you know, he, has, he can actually finish. And, um, you know, but he worked hard for that goal as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, that obviously Tuesday's goal was obviously a little bit more, had a bit more finesse about it about yesterday's one. But, it was the right place, right time, and he and it was. I think it was his weaker foot. I'm sure it's his right foot. Or, I don't know what it bounced off. Yeah, of but yeah. it don't matter. Well, I think but, he has a weaker foot. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's. He, well, I think we said on Thursday or the week before he's improved so much from when he's first come in because he looked a bag of nerves and he mm. looked so out of his depth. He's still, he's still but, got an error in him. Which yeah, is, yeah. Still, he's still, yeah, he does make he, you feel uncomfortable now. He, and again. He's not. He's <laughs> not as cool-headed as Piercy or Bauer no. I mean even Bauer two years ago I'd say the same thing about him but he's yeah. much improved over the last two years but you know we love I think that Navi's certainly got the cult hero status purely because of his story and how he's actually wrestled it around to come back and actually be an important member of the squad and you know fair play to him and he's, he's you know but at the same time, he's still never going to be. He's never going to be Jason Pierce or anything like that. But you know, he's working hard, and we talked about it on Thursday. Actually, you know, if you're the backup player, you have got to work hard for your place, and and he does that. Yeah, and when he comes in, he does what's asked of him. Like Nath, he makes you a bit nervous at times. But we need a ball player like that because whilst Pierce and Bauer can do all the the dirty stuff and they can battle it out with someone of the size of Akin Fenwar, Naby Sar will get the ball and he'll look to pass it out to the right and the left, and and that's what you need in there. So. Um, yeah, credit to him. And as uh, Nafe says there, to bounce back from everything, I mean, there's the, the awful song about Catrien that involved him. There was He was one of those players that was held up as one of the players that Roland had signed. And because he came in with reportedly such a big fee, he looked, like Nafe says, a bag of nerves. But he's turned all that around and he's come back. And look, I wouldn't want him the one of a two starting every week necessarily because he has still got those mistakes in him. But he, he offers the team something for sure. And uh, yeah, yesterday he was just... Right place, right time. Right, we never see games out comfortably, do we? Um, is it every game we've won so far this season has just been by one goal, if you're mm. thinking about it, of course, because two late wins against Shrewsbury uh, and Southend, and then yesterday. So Paris Cohen Hall has just come off uh, off the bench. He headed home from a corner, so we're going to be disappointed that we've fallen asleep at a set piece like that. And uh, given us an, a nervy-ish last five minutes, they had a couple of balls into the box, which we tended to deal with yesterday. But, um, you know... Most important thing is we we saw it out in the end. It wouldn't be chanting if there wasn't a, a, a smidgen of squeaky bum moments. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, that hall he just came from nowhere. I, I think everybody was expecting the ball to go to the big fellas, 
uh, and uh, maybe it's a worked move. He drifts in from uh, the edge of the penalty area unnoticed and uh, and connects. Um, I thought after that we we actually saw it out quite well. I mean, there wasn't too many real scary moments after that. I thought Jed Steer actually, on a couple of occasions, came and claimed the ball, or uh, you know did a bit of uh, dominant goalkeeping, which you need. Um, and uh, and that was it. Must have been a quite a high pressure game for him yesterday, mm. considering the uh, the manner in which he played. Yeah, he yeah. Picked. And we're certainly going to have that debate, I think, after we hear from uh, Lee Bowyer. So before we hear from Bowes, don't forget um, if you want to have your say, you can head over to uh, the email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. I've got a few emails in the inbox waiting already. You can have your say on Twitter at Charlton Live or the Charlton Live forum. There's a couple of messages on there for us already as well. Uh, there's a thread on the Charlton Live forum for tonight's show. So we'll talk about the game. You know, we'll talk about the Jed Steer and, and the Dylan Phillips situation because that was the main talking point for me before the game yesterday um, but you know let us know what you made of the performances don't forget obviously we talked about it mainly on Thursday but Lee Bowyer has been given the permanent role here at the Valley until the end of the season so it's about as permanent as a short piece of string but um, you know if you want to have your say on that if you want to celebrate the fact that Bowes has got the job title that he quite clearly deserves uh, you know get in contact with us let's hear from that Charlton manager then um, he came in to speak to Terry after yesterday's game and he was uh, uh, obviously happy the most important thing is that we got the three points it's been a good week a positive one uh, got three points a day that's the most important thing was it as nice as I would have liked not really but three points are three points and sometimes it's not going to be perfect you know um, I think they was probably better than us first half and we had a good start, then they, they had a good, some good possession and put us put us under a bit of pressure, and then they nicked a goal. But then we, towards the end of the first half, then we started to do the things we'd been practicing all week. They finally started to do it, and then we score. Um, so we had the, the better end to the half. So we was better in the start and the end. And then the second half, I think we was we was the better side. I think I think we deserve to win the game, um, but we can were were good and and they cause us problems at times. We've got the big fella up front; he's very difficult to play against. Um, but I think Lowell, Carlin, and Ben Reeves were excellent second half, and um, I'm delighted for Lowell to get another goal. I'm delighted for Carlin to for making the right decision. Shooting across the goal, Pat kept it alive. Don't know what he was doing there, but he kept it alive. But at least Carlin, for me, has made the right decision by shooting across the goal. If he makes the wrong decision, goal don't score that goal. So, like I said in the beginning, after the Accrington game, they they they're going to start making the right decisions now because they had to. So, and since then, I think Lowell scored two goals from Carlin making the right decision last weekend today. One of the obvious talking points out of, uh, from the start <coughs> was the inclusion of Jed Steer in goal. I'm sure that uh, you've been asked that already, but uh, what was the thinking behind uh, bringing Jed in? He's, he's better with his feet. His distribution with his feet is, is like having an, another footballer in, in the goal. Um, he, he can play out very very well. His distribution with throwing is very good. And, and he can do everything with his feet. He, he can go out wide to your full-backs, he can go straight into your midfielder, he can bypass the midfielder and drop it into the striker's chest. You see that today. Um, is it going to happen every time? Is it going to work every time? No, but it's an option to have. 
and it's a very good option especially the way we want to play we want to move the ball and we want to play out from the back and and if and if they then want to press us high then we can bypass that with with his feet and then drop it into the striker I think you witnessed all that today um, so yeah that was my thinking of, of putting him in goal you mentioned uh, Lyle Taylor there and uh, it seemed you know the first half um, well first half hour for everybody really seemed to be a bit of a struggle as we, we tried to get, get the grips with, with Wickham but uh, after scoring the goal uh, and equalising um, we seemed to come alive a little bit more and uh, Lyle uh, after he got kicked it seemed to me that um, that just seemed to be uh, a man possessed yeah yeah um, I, I said to him all at half time it ain't good enough you know the, the one time they actually done what we've been practising all week we scored Joe Rebo went and got it off that side, turned, switched it, suddenly got out, then we went back across, yep, cross, goal. Like, that was what we've been practising all, all week. Um, so it was like, look, just just believe in yourselves, be be patient and and do the right things. And when they do that, they're, they're unplayable. And second half, they, they made the right decisions more times than not. We um we had the better of the the, the the sort of last quarter of that first half and then at the beginning of the second half you had to make two changes. I'm I'm, I'm guessing Nicky's was Nicky Jose's also an injury. Yeah. Um and then of course um uh, we had the, the the injury to Darren Prattley uh, which could have derailed us a little bit but you must have been delighted the way um, um Ben Reeves and uh, George Lepsley came on and uh, just picked up with a side left off in the first half and, and pretty much dominated that second half. Yeah. yeah. Um Ben. It's obviously a good footballer. He's clever. He don't really give the ball away. He sees things that other players don't see. Um, and, and George gives you the energy and the hard work and the commitment. So the pair of them done well when they come on, you know. And it's it's good to see. But that's what I said. If I can keep everyone fit, and they're like lads are just starting to come back, and then they have lost another two, three this week. But that's football and. But the good thing is, when you do lose them and you've got people like Ben Reeves to replace, you've got Tariq that's still got to come back, you've you, you got footballers, you know, we've got Cullen and, and Wall to come back next weekend. So It sort of makes those loan signings uh, critical, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, and they're not just average loan signings, they're very good ones that are going to improve us. Um, so, yeah, that's why... We had to be patient and, and to bring in the right players. I can't uh, let the interview go. Firstly, without talking about the new goal scoring machine that's uh, Naby Sar uh, <laughs> popping up and, and bagging another one again with his foot. Yep, yep. Naby thought he, again. He's he's one that probably had a shaky start first half, but they all did. And uh, yeah, he's, he's popped up and he's he's nicked another goal. The lad can finish. Like I keep saying this about him. He's, he's technically he's very very good. So. Uh, and, and the, the the good thing for me is that like you can never doubt him in, in the keep balls and that he's, he's he's always one of the better ones in the keep balls. But physically, he's getting physically stronger as well now. He's he's competing and 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 putting his body on the line more, you know. And he's definitely improving for sure, for sure. Finding the injuries, <coughs> you mentioned obviously you know, uh, Darren Prattley and um, uh, Nicky Jose are added to the list. But uh, before, um, obviously for today, Christian uh, Bellick also out. How how serious is that? I don't know how serious. All I know is a calf strain, so maybe at least a couple of weeks. I think. Um, but I'm guessing, not a doctor. Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> before the game, I mean, because we've we you know obviously we lost um, 
uh, Tariq for suspension. We lost uh, the two new new lads uh, through international duty, and so we were almost back to the bare bones that you'd started with. Was there a, a bit of a, a feeling that let's just get through this weekend without losing type of attitude about or were you really confident even with a, what was you know that what we had we could uh, we could take with them oh no what what to win the three yeah, points yeah. oh no for sure i knew why the, the, the team I, I set out there the exceptional team the players i've got on the bench you, you got veta kelly can come off the bench make something happen you got ben reeves george lapsley's going to run around and, and 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 fight for you so no, of course I've got Mark Marshall on the bench who can come on and maybe make something happen. So it's I, I knew today. No, if anything less than three points, I'm I'm disappointed even to the way we started the game. Like it still hurts, but we've got three points, stop and that's what I've asked. Stop. But they've gone and done what I've asked. Bring back three points. Nothing less than three points would have been acceptable today. We'd have drawn today. That would have been a, a disappointment for me. Well, we ended it in typical Charlton fashion. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't be Charlton if it wasn't nail-biting at the end, but yeah. we managed to hang on, yeah. so you must be delighted with that. Yeah, yeah. The most important thing, three points, move on. And then we've got Luton next week, another tough game. Uh, Bradford, Bradford next week, sorry. Uh, another tough game, and um, see what see what we bring back from there. Silver steps in, wins it back for Charlton, comes away on a run and then feeds Fossu over halfway. Fossu on the left hand side, They're heading towards the penalty area, looking to take on Pond. Gets in the box, is he going to fall over? No, he's got it, yes! There's number three! Uh, so welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Great to hear from uh, Lee Bayer. Came in to speak to Charlton Live exclusively after yesterday's 3-2 win. Uh, in, in good spirits, Terry, you seem to be. Well, you would be after a 3-2 win. But as he said, you know, um, he wasn't entirely happy with the start and, uh, and, and the panicky finish. But, um, you know, it's three points. Uh, and uh, I know he said there that he expected to win no matter what side he put out. But I just get that feeling with uh, with the situation that we were in, with the, the two new loan signings out on, on international duty, losing Tariq through suspension, losing Christian to injury just before the game, the kickoff. I know there's a part of me thinks that let's just, would he have thought just just get through this weekend if we win as a bonus, mm. but let's just get through it. Well, that doesn't seem to be the way he operates. No, clearly always, not. Every, no. every game he's always expecting us to win. You know, he's um, we saw it last season. He came in and promised the playoffs the second the second he got here, basically, and uh, that seems to be his mindset. A very positive. Uh, mindset obviously got given the full time job uh, during the week as well. Tell um, we spoke about it on Thursday, the three of us, but um, well, oh, two yeah. of us, well, two of us did. Uh, you didn't, Tom. Well, I just imagine. Did you what, talk about it, Tom? I just imagine what you would have said, to be <laughs> honest. Who's on yeah. voice memos? Yeah, I just assume you would have been really happy. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but Terry, your, your own views on that? I think it, it had to happen. I'd, I'd get the feeling that he wasn't overly bothered about it, particularly because if he had have been, I think he would have made bigger noises about it to the uh, to the top uh, top table before now. Um, and I think uh, he may have also thought that, well, actually, what's he going to do? It, you know, he can't sack me because they've got nobody else. Well, he could, I suppose, but mm. you know, um, never stopped him before. No, <laughs> indeed, yeah, uh, because in theory he wants out, so he's not that bothered. So um, 
I was I wouldn't have been surprised if it had just let let it roll on the way it is because in terms of contracts it means nothing anyway because if somebody does something for is it in it six months employment contracts now mm-hmm. if you do something for six months then it's deemed as a full time contract anyway so yeah. uh, it's fairly irrelevant in terms of financial issues yeah uh, right you asked him about the goalkeeping situation actually just before that because we've just got one more clip of his I'll just play you very quickly uh, about the after the half time uh, with the substitution because uh, we uh, I know some of you wanted an explanation it's a very brief explanation so it might not be what you're all after but this is what he had to say when I asked him as to why we had to play the first couple of minutes of the second half with just 10 men you mentioned the two men that came off through injury today at Prattley in the second half of Jose at the start of the second half and then you were down to 10 men for, for, for a minute or so I mean do you know what happened there why, was, why it took a while for Reeves to be ready uh, no we was well I got told that they was all ready so it was just a matter of making the right decision was kind of playing putting Igor up top but I thought now Reeves would make more of a difference in possession so um, and it was a good good choice he's pleased with his choice which is a good idea but so basically he was told that everyone's ready and for some reason Reeves wasn't ready so that <laughs> was a bit sloppy uh, but luckily we came out of that unscathed um, right so again you asked him about Jed Steer uh, and he talks about the footwork, you know, the the player being more comfortable with the ball at his feet. I mean, that's in vogue at the moment in the Premier League. Obviously, Arsenal in particular uh, have got, you know, um, Bambi on ice in Petr Cech <laughs> every time the ball comes to his feet. Uh, but obviously, Bose wants a, a goalkeeper that he feels is more competent with his feet than Dylan. Now, have you spotted Dylan not doing well with his feet? I, 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 mean, I think we have to admit a couple of things. I mean, firstly, I'm pleased he didn't try the Cruyff turn. Jed Steer, like most, <laughs> most ball-playing goalkeepers. Um, firstly, the distribution yesterday was better. I mean, we can't argue. I mean, as much as I, I felt gutted for Dylan Phillips, absolutely gutted because I didn't think he'd done too much wrong. If anything, I mean, argue could have a stronger hand against the, for the South End goal, and uh, and yes, his distribution probably <clears throat> isn't isn't uh, polished enough yet. I agree with that, but um, and I think we all, if we're all admitting it, we all expected Jed Steer to come in at some point or other. Because you don't bring in a keeper from a championship side um, who only is coming out to get game time to then leave him on the bench. It just it doesn't make sense at all. So I think we were all expecting it to happen. It happened a bit quicker than I thought. Mm. And I do feel, and I am gutted for Dylan. Uh, I mean, because I, I don't think he's done that much wrong. He made a mistake at South End. You know, we, there's no glossing over that. That was a mistake. Some people said they felt he could have done better with Sunderland's first goal on the opening day of the season as well. But I mean, the the one error at South End. I mean, we none of us were expect. Well, none of us were hoping he'd be dropped after that. But at the same time, we did say on Thursday. Not you, Tom. You weren't here. Uh, we did say on Thursday. We just wonder if if that was the case because he made that mistake. Yeah, for me, that one mistake's not enough. But we were talking again just off air, and obviously, me and Tell were here for the Checker Trade match on Tuesday. And when Bowyer was uh, talking to Terry about that after the game, he said how impressed he was with him seeing him live for the first time and he hadn't really had too many saves to make in that game so he was referring to his distribution there as well so when you think about it in hindsight like that that kind of makes sense but I'm with the other guys I'm gutted for Dylan absolutely gutted for him Jed Steer's distribution yesterday barring one poor clearance all of that was was brilliant and you can see why he brought him in and to be honest one or two of those goals might not have happened if it hadn't been for that quick distribution so you've got to give him credit for that I think it's just, you know, we're the sort of club that we, we really like our youth players coming through and I think we all here like Dylan Phillips and, and want him to do well and wanted him to, to keep his, his place and it looks like 
unless Steer makes some horrific mistake now that, that place might be gone for this season mm, which is a shame I mean London Indigis has just said if I was Phillips I'd leave at Christmas well you wouldn't expect uh, Dylan to be hanging around more. Uh, we were talking about when, when, mm. when his contract was up Nathan was thinking it might be the end of this season mm. um, you don't expect him after taking a, a bit of a body blow like that to to want to hang around. That's mm. sure. I, don't, I, I think Christmas is probably too soon, but uh, uh, we can't put him out alone because he's on. You know, we haven't got a number two other than Ashley Manuel Bruin. He's too young to be a number two, I think. So, um, but you know, if you're Dylan Phillips, you're, it's a kick in the teeth, isn't it? Mm. Um, and uh, you know, what, <laughs> I suppose what it does show, if um, if we wanted to know whether or not uh, Lee Bowyer had a ruthless streak <laughs> as a manager, yes. Yeah, well, of course, yeah, and you need one uh, as a manager, and he needs to be in charge, he needs to make his own decisions and not listen to us, which is obviously obviously the way he operates. Do you, um, think, he, do you think he thinks that before he gets up in the morning? Yeah. Should I listen to what the Charlton Libels had to say before I make my Well, if it's anything like me, he's thinking about Jonathan Johansson still. <laughs> so, uh, right, Richard Justin, Richard Justin says, Steer is the better keeper. His distribution was very good. I felt sorry uh, for Dylan now. And James Moynard also had his say. Uh, James has signed up by the, for the bike crowd, which we're going to be talking about later as well. He says, uh, Steer, I don't get it. If Dylan needs to improve uh, part of his game, then he needs to play. Uh, so, uh, different opinions there from, from the tweeters coming in. Uh, James did add he thought that Taylor in the second half was different class and he thought that Reeves looked good as well. Now let's have a look at some of the other tweets that have come in uh, throughout the day. Uh, the first one came in from Mads yesterday uh, in the evening actually. He said, on Sunday show, could you give the Charlton Moscow boys a shout out? They are fifth in the league and bearing down on Millwall and said that they would start downloading the pod if the international addicts were shown some love. Um, everyone's aware, I think, of, well, not most, there's a Charlton... There's some weird situation out in Russia where there's some sort of football league where all the teams have named themselves after um, English football league teams and they all appear to be absolutely mental. <laughs> like they turn up to like Sunday league games with flares and fighting and stuff and uh, it looks quite exciting uh, and there is a Charlton team out there. So yeah, good luck to the chaps. I hope they do bear down on Millwall. Next when... time I'm in Moscow, I'm going to try and look them up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, good good for you. Um, right, uh, Chrissy T says, big three points yesterday, a sign of a good team to not play well and win. Players coming back, getting more minutes, fitter, sharper. We've got to be looking at six points against Bradford and Plymouth to cement our place in the top six, onwards and upwards, and in Boya, we trust. Um, yeah, I mean, that is the positive to take from the fact, and Terry, you sort of alluded to it, because we, we didn't have the full squad yesterday. You may have been thinking, or oh, maybe if we just try and get something out of it, but, you know, obviously that isn't Boya's mentality, and now that the squad is starting, to, the last couple of games, you know, where we've had the loanies last week, and, you know, players coming back from injury, and we're just starting to look more like a proper outfit now. You know, we've played all right at times this season, but we haven't had options on the bench. Now, if we are serious about challenging for that top six, which is what well, Bowie's talked about the top two, but if we're talking about top six, you know, now is the time that we're really going to have to prove ourselves. And, you know, over the last couple of games, we're just starting to make a few steps in the right direction. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. We've, I think now we've got all the players coming back, like you say. Um, it's, it's, proven, it's, it's proven that, it's, you know, we're, we're starting to get stronger, but then... We're also getting some injuries. Obviously, I know Bielik didn't play um, yesterday. I don't know how long he's out for, but yeah, we just need to get get them all fit. Which I thought I didn't didn't I didn't even know that Reeves was going to be able to play forty five minutes yesterday. I thought mm. he was only going to be able to do fifteen twenty minutes. And like well, Tell said, I thought he changed our whole dynamic. Maybe yesterday. I can only do a maximum of forty three minutes, and that's why he oh, waited yes. after <laughs> half time for a little while. <laughs> waited one minute forty seven yeah. seconds. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but no, yeah, we we we. We need to be winning the, these sort of games. No disrespect to Wickham, these are the games we have to be winning at home. If we even to finish top six, to be fair, let alone being top two. Yeah, right. Um, there's a couple of tweets that came in yesterday because um, someone did a poll on the Charlton Live account. 
uh, about Jed Steer coming in for Dylan, uh, and 70% of people actually said it was harsh on Dylan Phillips. This was before the game, uh, so you know that was you know before the game. So we can't really say whether people might change their mind up. But a couple of tweets, you know, Glenn said that Phillips had been one of our most consistent performers this season. And he didn't see any reason to change. Justin said it was a bit rough on the lad. I'd have thought he'd done enough to keep his place. So those two both came in before the game. Um, so obviously, you know, without hindsight of actually seeing how Steer played, I don't know if people would change their mind or not. But that's just uh, what people. Uh, people uh, had to say right Jonathan Atkworth says a couple of players to sign Ross Wallace is free Cody McDonald is free Adam Hamill is free and Boswick and Akin Fenway in January these two are in top form for Lincoln and Wickham perhaps off a swap for a Jose uh, he said who had a bust up before the break but I don't believe that to be true um, but there's a couple of free signings out there I can just imagine Gareth Ainsworth thinking I know what I'll do in, in January Akin Fenway I'm going to swap him for Nick after seeing after seeing the performances <laughs> yesterday that's exactly what I'm going to do Aaron Roth says that Reeves and Lapsley changed the game yeah. for us and I don't think you can argue with that I mean I was I was particularly impressed by by Reevesy yesterday um, just because you know we know what Lapsy is all about energy getting around the pitch and, and battling hard but Reevesy you know if we're being honest we haven't seen what he's supposedly all about too often in a championship and that's why it's a nice surprise to see it yesterday yeah and his distribution not just from set pieces but just whenever he got the ball he was turning he was looking to go forward and Nine times out of ten, he was finding his man. And then when it when it did come to set pieces, his free kicks, his corners were all spot on as well. Um, and that's the player we've been missing. Last time I saw him in that MK Don shirt, he scored that goal against us. Was it an in injury time or extra time, I think, in a cup game? Yeah, in, uh, extra time. A really good finish from the edge of the area. And I thought, that, that's, that's the sort of player we were hopefully signing. And last season, it just never really clicked for him. And obviously then got this injury again. And you start to think, well, is this ever going to happen? And it's a very early days, obviously. But... With a Jose, I can't see him playing again. I hope not, not based on yesterday. But if Reeves can fill in that slot, I think we've got a dangerous player there. Well, Jose's going to be out for a while now with that injury anyway. So uh, whether he gets another chance after that, if uh, you know people, some people weren't impressed with his, his performance in that first half. Right, Tom Bramley says uh, that Reeves was brilliant. He absolutely changed the game, which is uh, <laughs> what a lot of people have been saying. Uh, Robert Waghorn says, Boya seems to bring out the best from our midfielders, which you would expect. Lapsley has been a revelation, and it's good to see Reeves back. Hope there was no issue with a Jose. Jose yesterday we don't need drama it's amazing how quickly this rumour has spread <laughs> um, I don't know I don't know why people have said that I think it was A because he didn't have a very good game mm. uh, and uh, uh, B nobody you couldn't ne instantly see a, a problem with him going off the pitch at half time that there, there was no hint of there being a, an injury mm. and in C nobody was ready for the substitution in the second half which <laughs> yeah. sort of gave the opinion that uh, he made a late Some, decision yeah, not something to come weird out. must have <laughs> yeah, happened exactly. but that, so, did, that just wasn't the case I mean, Bo, to it all, didn't it? Yeah, Boya had been told that everyone was ready and for whatever reason Reeves wasn't ready he didn't get the memo yeah, I don't know how long it takes to just put your sh shirt on they don't, know, that's yeah. strange. they just don't have them ready anymore. Yeah. They've they got put all the backpacks yeah. on with a little <laughs> microchips <laughs> in it. Uh, the sports bra, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sports bra and keep the boobs in it or whatever. Yeah, but. yeah. the sports bra is like that GPS tracking <laughs> thing they have, but yeah. it looks like a sports bra. Um, Right, Rocco uh, said uh, after the own goal and Boya's good decision to take off a Jose, we became completely on top of Wickham. Lapsley was class and Taylor is one of the best strikers we've had since Wright, Phillips and Kermigan. The only problem I saw was the keeper and how important Amos was for us. So it's interesting. He's really dividing opinion, isn't he, Jed Steer, so far? Um, and, uh, you know, Rocco's talking about Amos there, so I think he's sort of writing off Phillips as well, perhaps. He, he, I mean, we know how good Ben Amos was for us last season. 
Um, you know, I, I still really think that Phillips can be that keeper for us. You know, if he's given his game time. But you know, if Bowie obviously knows more about him in terms of distribution than I do because he sees him every day in training and I don't. Uh, right, Paul Stevens says when he came on with Lapsley talking about Reeves, uh, they changed the game and gave us something different. Should both start the next game for me? So do you think that Reeves has earned a starting place for next week up at Bradford? I mean, it depends which way he goes. I think he, I think he has to start. Mate, I would say Reeves ahead of Lapsley, not anything bad against Lapsley. I just think for that bit of that number ten in behind. I do think. you think um, because that's only his first game back? Um, might be a bit too soon. Might be too soon to start, and he might start with Cullen. Oh, Cullen's back, isn't he? Of course he's. And then bring on Reeves uh, mm. second half, pretty much what he did yesterday. Well, not bad impact substitute to yeah, have if true. there's a if there's a tight game and you need someone to try and unlock uh, some spaces. In and it, said that it, depends because obviously depends. now we know that Billick's not playing. Yeah. Um, he might uh, he might start with them both. Mm, who knows? Interesting. Mm. Right, uh, Albert Rossi says, Lou, I was watching Phillips in the warm up before the game. He looked peed off, uh, but Steer mm. is the much better goalkeeper right a couple of messages on the Charlton Live forum before, before we go for the break Mendon Krenasta says good evening gents great show as always really pleased to get the three points yesterday given Fosu suspended Billy Clark still off the radar and various players called up for international duties Ben Reeves and George Lapsley were just what we needed at the right time first half was pretty poor Akin Fenwa had not only Jason Pierce in his pocket but also the whole back five uh, pleased the players managed to turn it around onwards and upwards as they say PS why did Dylan Phillips get dropped I thought it was a bit harsh Steer didn't look convincing but then again it's early days although he has let in four goals in his first two games for the Addicts so um, Mendonca also not too convinced about Jed Steer yet but I guess as, as he said I mean you know if you ask anyone what well, they thought of Ben Amos after two games last season <laughs> they, they had plenty to say as well right Red Army says uh, evening gents hope you're all good thought when Akin Fenwa was linking up play well in the first 30 minutes we were really poor but the defence got to grips with him after that pretty much what you said actually tell me that you, you, you thought the same uh, after that and we began to play okay still thought it was an average performance but a good sign that we can win playing poorly regarding Phillips thought it was harsh him getting dropped and didn't think Steer covered himself in glory and as for Bowyer's comments regarding his better distribution I didn't see much sign of that yesterday I think dropping Phillips Phillips may have done more damage to his confidence than what bringing in Steer added in quality to the team. Enjoy the show, gents. Cheers for that uh, Red Army as well. So, um, the signs of distribution. I mean, you felt it was improved yesterday. I thought it was better, yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. Um, uh, there were a couple of occasions where he, he, um, he balked on throwing it out mm. quickly or kicking it out quickly because he obviously wasn't 100% sure he could find the target because maybe the, the players weren't in the right positions. But um, there was the one where... Um, that immediately springs to mind is that that kick out that um, turned their back uh, their back to uh, two central halves and um, Taylor was through uh, and the keeper had to make the same take mm. him out at the same time um, and that happened a few times and even the, even the quick throw out um, he just looked a bit more comfortable than than Diller does and and by the way that doesn't mean to say I agree with the decision necessarily because I think it's really harsh on yeah. on Dylan Phillips by the way my favourite goalkeeper in terms of distribution in Challenge has always been Ben Hamer the, the joking answer of course is Dean Kiley because he used to always yeah. pump it out into the stands but I always thought Ben Hamer had, had this superb sort of he almost had his legs sort of vertical mm. uh, kick where he'd slice it out and it always seemed to be so accurate so yeah he Bob was Bob Elliott used to have the throw didn't he yeah. Yeah. he used to have that long throw that was yeah. the maybe we should get them both back as well uh, <laughs> right let's have a quick break here on Channel Live still got your emails to come don't forget we're still going to hear from Lyle Taylor uh, later on in the show as well and we're going to talk about the uh, the London to Amsterdam <laughs> bike ride uh, the registration for that is open once again back in 30 seconds Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Occupying that left-hand side at the moment. Little step over onto his left foot. Marshall, ball in the box is good. And Rebo, first time. Oh, shot. what a goal. Lovely finish. Oh, what a goal. Joe Rebo gets Charlton the lead. Great ball in from Mark Marshall on the left-hand side. Chips it in. And Rebo with a calm left-footed folly. And found the bottom right corner and Charlton have the lead. Welcome back, this is Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio, Pat Studio here at the Valley this evening. It's myself, Louis Mendes, Tom Wallen, Nathan Miller and Terry Smith all here to talk about yesterday's 3-2 win over Wickham Wanderers. Uh, the first game of Lee Bowyer's permanent stint in charge of the Alex uh, got off to a, a good start. Right, let's have a look at some of the emails that have come in. Uh, Chris Davin, I'm looking forward to see what he's got in here. Oh, goodness. Right, okay. Uh, right, Happy Me is the name, is the uh, subject line. It says, uh, it's two wins on the spin. I'm well pleased. Nabby's the man. I'm ecstatic. I'm like a satellite. I'm out of control. I'm a sex machine ready to reload like an atom bomb. About to ooh, 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 explode. I'll leave it there in Boya. We trust Chris Tavern there. What was he doing when he wrote that to you? Oh, well, I hope to think singing or think <laughs> not thinking about Jonathan Johansson. <laughs> Chris always gets his, uh, his uh, musical lyrics in. And it's something I look forward to every week. Thanks for your, your email there, Chris. And I mean, it felt like we were all feeling yesterday, uh, you know, all happy. And we all felt like sex machines at full time there. Bob Liscombe uh, says, uh, well, he's asking, he's asking the question about Jose then. Why... why uh, do you know why a Jose substitution didn't happen until the second half started? So the explanation appears to be it was a balls up. There was some sort of miscommunication between the dressing room and the bench. Oh, and, you know, the, the substitutes warming up. Uh, and uh, it basically didn't happen. Right, non-user account uh, sent us a DM on the old tweets. Uh, uh, he said, uh, I don't know why, but the decision to drop Dylan really triggered me. Uh, this was exasperated by Jed getting down rather slow for Wickham's goal. He was rather slow for both Wimbledon goals also. His distribution with his feet does appear to be better than Dylan's. I just don't think this justifies dropping him, in my opinion. It looks like Boyer couldn't wait to drop Dylan. Yes, he has made a couple of minor mistakes, but this uh, is far outweighed by his contributions in all the other aspects of goalkeeping, not to mention more than one top draw save. Let's hope that when Jed makes a couple of mistakes, Boyer is true to his word and brings uh, Dylan back in. Great show as always. Come on, you Reds. Thanks for your, your tweet there, non-user account. So it's certainly got people talking, hasn't it, this this Dylan Phillips-Jed Steer debate? As I say, I think that's because everyone seems to quite like Dylan, and, and he hasn't done a whole lot wrong. Um, I agree with, with the Wimbledon uh, game in terms of saves. As I said earlier, he didn't have too much to do. I thought 
and you'll hear it if, if anybody tuned in to listen, um, that we said he dived far too early on a lot of the penalties, gave the, the uh, penalty taker far too much time to make their decision. Um, and yesterday, I thought it immediately after the goal yesterday, I thought maybe he could have done better. And then nobody else really around me said anything, so I thought, oh, maybe I'm being harsh. But having seen the replay, I, I do think it's a brilliant shot, but I do think he could have done more. But the distribution's been really good, so it's difficult, and you've got to give him time. If he goes 10 games now and we keep seven or eight clean sheets and he makes a couple of world-class saves in, in a few of those games, you're, you, you know, unfortunately for Dylan, that's the way it goes. If he makes a couple of mistakes... Will Bowyer have the confidence to bring Phillips back in? So we, we've got to give him time. We've got to give him a chance. You've got to trust Bowyer knows what he's doing. And, uh, and as I say, distribution-wise, you, you can't fault him yesterday. Non-user account said that he felt like Bowyer couldn't wait to drop Dylan. I mean, do you think that is the case? It was just a case of as soon as, as, soon as there's a chance to, we're going to give the, the lone goalkeeper the chance to earn the minutes that he's come out for? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Tell mentioned it earlier. It was the point of bringing a championship goalie out for him to sit on the bench. I'm pretty sure Villa wouldn't want that. I'm sure we didn't say that to Villa. Yeah, we're going to bring Jed in. He's just going to sit on the bench all day. Um, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have done that. They must but, let him go home after the game, surely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like... Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for Dills, but I thought he's made some good saves. Peter at home, he made a good save. Sunderland on the way, he made some good saves. But yeah, it's, I always thought it was, a, it, was, it was inevitable. It was a question of when and not if, um, unfortunately for Dills. But like Tom said, it'll be interesting if Jed makes a couple of boo-boos, whether or not Bo's put deals back in. That's going to be the proof of the pudding, isn't the it? The pressure's really? certainly on him because of that, you'd have thought. Mm. Um, because uh, he must know the situation. That, uh, and uh, obviously they train together. Um, all three of the, the goalkeepers will train together, so they'll talk. So uh, I'm sure um, Dylan will be uh, telling people in no uncertain terms how he feels. Mm. Uh, you'd expect him to. So... You know the pressure will be on just here to to perform. Doesn't seem like a quiet chap or anything like that, Dylan, does he? I mean, from when we've spoken to him in press conferences, for example. I mean, when he came out, you know, it was only it was only two weeks ago, and I, I sort of said, um, in, it was the big match preview before the South End game. We played the clip of him talking after the Fleetwood game, where he he was explaining how he you know effectively said to Bowie, "Yeah, bring in whoever you want. I'm going to keep my place. I'm going to do what I can to keep my place." And I, I knew as soon as we played that he was going to make a mistake like he did <laughs> at South End. But we know he's he's you know cocky if you want to call it that he's confident you know I saw him playing as goalkeeper for Cheltenham away at Bromley when he was on loan there um, and he was a he still he must be nineteen twenty at the time but he was barking orders at his defence he was you know interacting with the crowd he's, he's a confident lad he's a goalkeeper you've got to be bonkers yeah that's that, so, goalkeepers uh, and drummers goalkeeper, yeah exactly yeah. you've got to be off your head so um, uh, so that breeds confidence because well, it, it breeds a sense of, um, of uh, uh, I don't know um you take risks as a goalkeeper, mm. and so you've got to you've got to be putting yourself out there. So that that comes out in your character, I guess. Um, but he'll be good. He'll have to be good. We would, wouldn't we? I mean, yeah. if we were in the same boat, we'd, we'd all be feeling the same. So it, you know, it, hopefully you can yeah. bounce back from that. And if, uh, if Jed Steer comes chance. and starts hosting this show, I will be fuming, absolutely fuming. <laughs> right, Richard Justin. I've, I've heard his distribution of, of lines is much better. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> right, Richard Justin says. Remember, Steer is out of contract next summer, so that could be interesting when you think about it. he'll be playing for. Some sort of, you know, be playing for his place at Aston Villa. He'd be, he'd be wanting to sign a new deal with Aston Villa rather than Charlton because they're a championship club 
who would therefore pay better. So that'd be interesting that he'd clearly be going to go for that as well. Right, 100% Charlton says, Phillips, harsh uh, being dropped. Pearson Taylor were magnificent, though. Taylor didn't stop running second half, and Reeves looks much more comfortable in that number 10 role. Fans were great, as always. Uh, I thought they were, actually, yesterday. Good, good atmosphere at the Valley. He said, well done on the Jackos. Jackpot bet. Wonder what the odds will be for three in a row. Uh, yeah, so as we mentioned at the top of the show, we on the on the first day, we do the Jackos jackpot bet. It used to be called Cashy Back, but then he left. So we got, I think Will Bonin chose the name, didn't he, Jacko's mm. jackpot, um, and so far this season we've won. Well, we've won the last two, so we had Charlton to win in both teams to score at South End, which won us about thirty quid. And then we did like an open bet yesterday, which was Charlton to win three 0 three one, or three two, which won us another eighteen or so. So we've won forty eight quid for the the upbeat so far in the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, and uh, yeah. Hopefully we'll get the hat trick uh, on on next week's show. Right before we hear from Lyle Taylor, we've got one more email uh, from Bob Knight. It says hi guys at the Bromley supporters meeting with Steve Gallen. Uh, he said uh, they, they had Bowie and Gallen in the Bromley supporters club during the week. He said uh, Steve Gallen said that we had to sell Konza or we were in breach of the financial fair play. Does this mean that any potential buyer cannot bring in any new signings uh, for a price as we would risk a penalty? Presumably he means in January there. It would uh, then make sense that any buyer would then only be subsiding the loss until the income allowed them to spend. Could this be the reasons why the Aussies are not in any hurry? Might be wishful thinking. But everyone is struggling for an explanation. Now, um, I think it's been around for a little while now. It was in the Voice of the Valley fanzine yesterday that... There appears to be about a £15 million difference between what the Aussies are willing or able to pay, probably more willing than able, and what Ronan de Chatelet is willing to accept. So the longer this goes on, I mean, I know the club keeps saying that a price has been agreed, but sources seem to have confirmed to you know the likes of Rick and, and people in the know that either they haven't got the money or they're not happy to pay the ridiculous price that Ronan's after. You get the feeling that it'd be the second one, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. That uh, you know, because on paper, everybody looking at it thinks, you know, we're not worth uh, forty million or forty-five <laughs> or whatever it is he's asking for, even thirty-five. What's he asking for? So you'd, you'd sort of, uh, especially when you know who's involved in at least one of the people that are involved in the consortium, who could uh, probably, if he wanted to, pay out a pocket change. Um, and that thing about the financial fair play thing, I don't quite get. Uh, either I mean, unless, I mean Steve, may, maybe because I don't know enough yeah Steve Gallen did say something about financial fair play I, I read the notes from the meeting um, so I mean you have to have a certain amount of money coming in yeah, granted, to make if, your... that, if that was purely the reason then we wouldn't have sold him for two million to, to Brentford would we? I'm sure that's not the reason <laughs> completely <laughs> we'd have but, sold him for yeah. five or six to somebody else do we sell him cheaper was... for cash yeah well? for cash yeah, yeah. I mean it's, it's partly that Roland's obviously trying to get his money back mm. as well in whatever way he can um, but yeah the financial fair play rules are still out there I mean Birmingham uh, the story is that they could be docked 12 points, I think, possibly. That was Up the story the other day, and QPR got a massive fine for it a couple of years ago. Um, and, you know, look, I mean, look at QPR. They haven't exactly looked like they're going to get back in the Premier League anytime soon now after they ever spent to get there in the first place. And Birmingham themselves, I mean, they didn't even get near the Premier League, and they're, and they're still, uh, they're, they're still p- possibly going to lose 12 points. Um, they, I think they were charged with signing a player whilst they're on a, some sort of embargo as well, which is interesting. Right. Uh, Matthias says an ugly win yesterday but it was a win onwards and upwards to Bradford I think Phillips was unlucky uh, to be dropped I hope to see you at Bradford next week yes Matthias we'll see you up there uh, myself and Terry are definitely going next week are you two going next week no, Bradford, Bradford. 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 no next one for nah. me is Luton yeah, lazy right um, uh, let's, uh, let's hear from Lyle <laughs> Taylor uh, obviously he was Charlton's uh, goal scorer yesterday he was uh, got the, uh, the second goal um, now uh, normally the story uh, normally the interview with the player on a, after a game is saved for Monday but this was uh, agreed that 
this particular part of the interview we, we'll put out tonight because we want to get as much um, you know, coverage for this uh, uh, as possible. Now, Lyle Taylor uh, will be dyeing his hair pink uh, next month. Uh, dyeing it at the end of this month is going to be pink for the entirety of October. He's also got some pink boots as well that he's going to be wearing. And uh, Terry, in the press conference yesterday, asked why Lyle will be doing exactly that. Yes, um, so my hair will be dyed on the 30th of September and it will be pink for the whole of October. Um, October being Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, and obviously pink is the, the colour associated with cancer uh, more more frequently, more often than not. Um, so that's why I'm doing it. I've I've got my, my pink boots all ready. I've, I've worn them in as well, so they're ready to be worn. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'll, I'll go pink. I think Sky Sports are going to come down and film it. It'll be at the training ground. Um, we will film it, I'm sure. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be good because as soon as somebody says to me, why have you got pink hair? That's my job done. Um, it's starting a conversation. And if we can start that conversation and it inspires one person who's in this stadium today or whenever it might be to, to do their own little bit, then, then that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, <clears throat> we, we are in a very fortunate position uh, whereby we are revered and we are looked up to and idolised. And it's about me being able to give something back, um, especially when... This is something that is 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 close to my heart, and it's it's obviously affected me, my family, uh, family friends, and and people close to me. So, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in this room it's affected mm -hmm. as well, and it will continue to do that until we can raise enough money to to beat it. I have. I've got a giving page already set up. Um, the link is in my bio on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> and I will keep posting it here, there and everywhere um, as often as frequently as I can um, every time there's something come out in the newspaper I'll, I'll refresh it in people's minds and keep putting it on my timeline and hopefully we'll, we'll surpass the, the £2,000 target before the month has even started and obviously I'll, I'll keep it open I'll probably keep it open for the whole of November and close it probably as of the 1st of December or maybe keep it open to the new year and and just keep posting those pictures from that month and, and just seeing how much how, how much um, we can raise and how much of a, a stir we can cause. Well, congratulations on that. Congratulations <coughs> Thank you very much. Lyle, uh, your pink month, is, is that in tribute to your <coughs> auntie? Um, it's, it's, it's not just my auntie. Um, obviously, my auntie passed away the, the, morning, the morning before we played Charlton in the yeah. FA Cup. Um, that was that was really tough. Obviously, my teammates didn't know anything about it. The only person that knew was the manager. Um, and he said to me, he said, what do you want to do? And, and I said to him, I said, the only thing I can do is, is do my job. Because <coughs> it's, it's very, very easy to sit at home and, and think. Um, and the best thing for me was to, to go out there, do my job and be around the people I had to be around, which was my teammates and my family there watching the game. Um, it's still hard, obviously, thinking about it now. But my uncle uh, um, is 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 doing okay, as 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 well as can be expected. Um, then obviously, it's there's a there's family, friends, and three of my grandparents, and it's it's for everybody who's ever been touched by it. It's not just it's not about me. Um, I'm simply using the platform that I've been given to to try and get people to take notice, and. And as I said, if I can get people to take notice, then, then I've done my job. 
So there's Lyle Taylor there. Um, obviously, it's all about it's a cause close to his heart. It's a cause that's going to be close to everyone's heart. Unfortunately, cancer affects uh, all of us. He mentioned there, now you, you may remember that when we played AFC Wimbledon in the FA Cup last season, Lyle Taylor scored twice, and it was only known, it only came out after that um, he'd aren't, I think, had died the day before. And um, he, you heard it in the interview there, he. The only thing he could do really was go out and play football and he absolutely tore us to shreds that game so all credit to him but obviously it's something very difficult for him to talk about something that's very close to his heart and he's um you know doing what he can with his uh you know high profile uh and and his nice hair as well so he's going to turn it pink uh, and it's gonna like i say i mean already it's got he's got tongues wagging hasn't it because i'm even when we're up at um accrington stanley after the game after the game um we were standing around doing the interviews by the dressing room, and uh, as Lyle Taylor came out, there was a, one of the local journalists up there. A, a, a female journalist went up to um, Lyle to thank him. Uh, I said, "I'll thank. You. I've heard what you're doing. He'd, he'd been in the sun that day, I think. The, the story." And she went and said, "I'll oh, thank you. I've, I've had breast cancer myself, so it's actually uh, a really nice thing you're doing. So it's raising awareness. It's going to raise a load of money. We've just tweeted the link." Uh, from the Charlton Live account, if you want to rate, if you want to donate to that, he's good. I think he's set a target of two thousand. He's most of the way there already, so he's going to smash that. So hopefully, he'll up his target to about ten thousand by the end of the month. But um, you know, Lyle, we, we spoke to him yesterday. He seems like a a, a top quality guy, doesn't he? And, and, yeah, he is, and, and very well spoken, very articulate, and, 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 and a very intelligent footballer, which, which sometimes is a bit of a rarity. Uh, bless him, but uh, very well spoken, and, and clearly this is this this causes close to his heart um, for obvious reasons, uh, as it will be to many people because you mm. said earlier, t- you know, this this horrible illness has touched so many different lives, mm. um, and uh, so yeah, it's a good good opportunity to follow him on Instagram as well because he's going to be posting um, all sorts of stuff on his Instagram account. Uh, and so uh, if you wanted an excuse to follow him and, and not look like a stalker, now's the time. <laughs> uh, isn't that what Instagram's for? Stalking <laughs> footballers. Um, right, um, another thing that you can do, that, uh, you may remember last year, well, it was only a few months ago really, that we actually did it, but um, uh, team, it still hurts. Yeah, team Addicts, uh, we cycled from uh, London to Amsterdam in, would have been the start of June, I guess it was, yeah. Um, uh, so we, we set off from uh, the Olympic Velodrome in uh Stratford got all the way up to Harwich on day one, eighty-six miles or so. Uh, took the overnight ferry to the Hook of Holland, then cycled from there to Amsterdam, another fifty-six miles or so uh, on the on the second day. So that was my first time doing it. It's actually, I think, it's the fourth time that Charlton have sent some uh, representatives over. Uh, but uh, I uh, enjoyed the back pain and the sore ass so much, so I've decided to do it again. Uh, so I've already signed up for next year. Like the, look, the, as you were mentioning, like the eighty-one miles and the forty-six miles, I'm looking at Nathan's face. Yeah. Up because it. it's not just the me who signed up. Yeah. On his face then, Nathan is going to pop his bike ride cherry and uh, join us. I was looking forward I to the bum pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, oh, Nathan, you signed up as well, haven't you? You're yeah, looking, looking forward to it? Signed up last night and mm. um, I'm starting to think why. Yeah. I'm but, a bit more uh, happy but, to be old and crippled. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it's obviously prostate cancer has affected my family, so I thought yeah. I'll do something. But um, I'm looking forward to it because it's a challenge. Yeah. I'm not looking forward because when I done that, that what the 23 mile walk for my my little nephew's charity back in when was it May or whatever. If I'm any like and if, if I'm anything like that afterwards, I'm not looking forward to it at all. <laughs> so I couldn't walk for about three days. Yeah. So um, so me and Nate have already signed up. Tracy Lieben, of course, who's going to be leading us. She signed up uh, as well yesterday. Um, security guard Lee Hewitt yeah. here signed up. Uh, James Moignard, who uh, tweeted into the show earlier, I know he's signed up as well. 
Uh, that's weird. Exactly that moment, Lee Hewitt's just tweeted about that. That's really weird. <laughs> the fact that you've all signed up for it, boys, already, yeah. already makes you legends. Yeah, uh, Dave. Right, <laughs> it's gonna be. Yeah, Dave. Uh, Dave War. Uh, David War who did it with us last year as well. He signed up again. So I mean, it's. I mean, it's. It's tough. I ain't gonna lie, Nate. You are gonna have to do some training, and I'm gonna have to get back on training as well. No, you're thinking, Breeze this. We're all. We're all gonna. If I was sitting on a sofa, then it'd be all right. We're all gonna have to come back and do and do some training. So it is tough, but at the same time, it's really worthwhile. Uh, Last year, Team Addicts raised well over thirty grand, I think. Um, uh, Hopefully, there'll be quiz nights and stuff that we can we can do to raise the money as well. And as we say, it all goes to a good cause. Uh, and like saying, like so, I met Dave on on the ride last year. We're going to meet James this year, of course. And you get to meet other Charlton fans. And actually, mm. once you've done it and you get there, the evenings are quite quite nice, and you have a good night out in Amsterdam. <laughs> and it's a sense of achievement. Uh, and in in my personal case as well, I actually you know got fit for a little while. I'm not again. I've, I've lost it already now, but hopefully that'll uh, get me back into shape. So if you want to sign up, um, I've got the link to hand. But if you just search um, Prostate Cancer UK London to Amsterdam, you'll see there's a way you can sign up. Um, if you sign, I don't know what the cutoff is, but there's an early bird discount at the moment of fifty quid. So it costs you, it costs hundred and twenty five if you sign up now, uh, and then you have to pledge to make sure you get twelve hundred quid's worth of uh, donations. But like I say, between us, we should be able to get enough for team addicts. Um, there'll be quiz nights and stuff that if you help out with, you'll get some of that donations towards your target. You know, I was surprised with how generous people are, but you know, you've got a year to raise that sort of money. So you know. If you if you fancy it, go ahead and like I say, early bird fifty is the code. If you want to put that in when you sign up, you get fifty quid off, which would take it down to one hundred twenty five. Now for that, you get all your hotel, the ferries, all the food and stuff, and it really is worthwhile. You obviously have to sort yourself a bike out and that, but you'll get you'll get a jacket and stuff. So yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, Nathan, you're looking forward to it. I'm buzzing. I can't wait to start training, mate. When mm. are we doing it tonight? Yeah, yeah, cycling home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. yeah. My my bike is currently with my friend because he's doing London Brighton next week, so I've given it to him for the last couple of months. Um, mm. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting that back and getting back out there and uh, and doing some training. Right, a couple more messages come in on the Charlton Life forum. Rudders twenty two. Hi guys, I went to Bowyer's Q and A session in Bromley last week. I was one of the boycotters for obvious reasons. Uh, when Roland's left, uh, thank God. Uh, Sorry, when Ronos left... Oh, Robbo, there we go. When Robbo's left, thank God, I started going to games again only because of Boya. This is credit to him. Bought a season ticket this year. Convinced we would be sold. Yeah, right. Uh, at the start of the season, I dreaded and thought we would struggle to stay up. But then after going to Peterborough at home, although we couldn't break them down, I like the hard-working team that Boya has created at the game yesterday. Uh, and you saw a very nervy side, but also a side of Cholton uh, on what they can do. I'm, also, I'm so patient with this team. They're developing over time and getting better game by game. I do feel that this is a start of momentum. <coughs> Excuse me. We are playing in small patches, but those small patches will get better and better uh, over the season as it goes on. Uh, there are no outstanding teams in this league. Uh, I think Sunderland and Barnes will be up there, but they're no Wigan or Blackburn. Bowyer has got some good players uh, in with some uh, some championship experience. I can't remember the last time we had a striker on four goals in eight games. So I think actually McGuinness was probably on four by this time last season, if not much time after. <coughs> Which I think serves as a warning for us not getting too <laughs> carried away, but you know, um, you know, Taylor does look better than if we're being honest. Uh, and Grant's chipping in as well at this stage of the season. Look at the players coming in: Cullen Ward, uh, Vettakele when fit. Lapsley is getting better game by game. He reads the game very well. Good passing. And the way he is playing at the moment, you would never think it was his first season playing in the first team. Good pass with the ball, reads the game very well, and links up well. An intelligent. Player. I mean, Rudder's there talking about how um, he said he's confident as well that we'll be in the playoffs at least. Um, 
I was thinking about this the other day. Now, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you, you can't not be impressed with what Bowie has achieved in terms of the transfer market, considering he's got his hands firmly tied behind his back in terms of budget. He's clearly had to be very clever with what he's done. But, you know, as I was panicking all throughout the summer, just saying, just get anyone in, fill the squad up. But he's he said he was going to get certain types of players, and he's done so, and they have all improved the squad from what I've seen. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. I think even you look at... Um, obviously, Cullen and and especially like Ward, who's coming. Um, I was surprised that we got someone of Ward's caliber because he's he is a championship player for me. Uh, but going back to Prattley, something we didn't have last year. And what what is easy to do when you have a small squad is you tend to just to go on numbers and not in terms of quality. So you so you just get people in for the sake of it, and it never works. Um, and Bowie said all throughout the summer, even when we only signed one. I'm not going to sign anyone for the sake of it. It's got to be quality. It's got to improve us because then what's the point in bringing someone in who isn't as good as as good as George Lapsley? But yeah, I think all the signings he's done has definitely improved us. Um, and then once you still got obviously Igor Vettikele is like a new signing, you know. So yeah, I, I, I think I'm with him. After I think we're comfortably top six. I think. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting, the comparisons to last season, because we started quite well last season as well. Uh, as you said, Josh McGuinness was on four quite early on, and we, we looked like a, a really good side. But that side was a good first, I don't know, what, 12, 13? You'd say that uh, that, that um, it, had they all kept fit and played uh, consistently for six months or however long it was, then you'd, you'd fancy us to already been up near the playoffs um, for a lot longer. But that didn't work out because, you know, injuries kicked in. And uh, we realised actually beyond that 13, 14 maybe at a push, we didn't have a lot. Uh, I think that's slightly different now. And I think um, Warden Cullen adding to the sort of 12 and 13 we probably already have. It's just, I mean, it's not huge difference, but it makes a little bit of a difference. And, and, and that, I think that showed yesterday. The fact that we could bring Reeves back on, um, albeit for his, virtually his first um, proper game, because I don't count the check trade, uh, and, uh, and Lapsley has come on. And that's without Warden Cullen or away on international duties. And so, how strong would that bench have looked mm. um, if you had those two? It, it would have been had, different. If you had Fosu yeah. suspended, not injured. Clark coming start, back. In. It starts to look a much stronger, stronger outfit. Yeah, thankfully. Right, um, London and Giza, I think, possibly prompted by the mention of Robbo in that last <laughs> last message. <laughs> just, just, but, oh, Robbo lost again today. Oh, they did, they yeah, they lost two yeah. one at home to commentary. Nah, I watched only watched the last twenty minutes or so. I noticed Carl Robinson seems to be serving some sort touchline ban at the moment yeah so he was up it was quite weird he looked like a tv director he was just up in the background with uh the, the analyst so he was just standing by a screen watching everything that was going That's on but be really weird when he comes in yeah well i look forward to it right um mendon quinastas then uh finally this was a an exciting two hours on uh on friday or thursday wasn't it um mendon quinastas says any truth in the rumors that we're going to be taken over <laughs> by alicia usmanoff uh the ex arsenal director no idea where the rumors came from um obviously uh, has he already come out and said no? Yeah, basically no. Yeah, so there was an exciting. It was Thursday night that the Mirror ran with a story online saying that the the ex Arsenal. He was one of the co-owners at Arsenal. Um, he owned about thirty or percent, I think. And because uh, Cronkay had bought out other ones, he was then entitled to make an offer or, or had to make an offer for Usmanov's shares, and eventually accepted them. Apparently, got sort of like a six hundred million pound windfall. Um, uh, and there was a story in the mirror uh, that he was going to put that money into us, come in and take us over. In the mirror, should have said everybody's um, <laughs> well, alarm bells. Yeah, you know, I, uh, apparently there was 
some sort of chat around or someone might try and ask him if he fancied it and that turned into the story but I mean the mirror wouldn't run with it unless they'd heard something they wouldn't just make it up but unfortunately uh, unfortunately (laughs) unfortunately it lasted all the three hours and it came out and and got uh, rebuted by the the man himself or his spokespeople uh, who said that he won't be uh, in investing us but I mean imagine there was just those like like, say three hours where I was like oh we are yeah we are going to be the next Man City thank god didn't happen yeah it didn't no. happen so uh, a real shame in the end right um, we've almost run out of time just have a quick look ahead to Bradford we'll do it properly on on Thursday but I mean they were 2-0 up with 6 minutes left to go at Blackpool <laughs> yesterday uh, before succumbing to a 3-2 defeat so even if we're 5-0 down in injury time next week I still won't be writing us off mm. thing yeah. is we're good at that as well aren't we yeah. Yeah. conceding last minute goals so the pair of us could be chaos it has the potential to have like, be a 12 goal thriller yeah. 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 Two, they got two penalties didn't they in the last like, fight and Jace Beerman mm. got him well he missed the second one but scored the rebound yeah so you looking forward, looking forward to going up there, Tell? Always, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's a friendly place to go. To be fair, yeah. um, proper uh, ground Bradford. as well. I like I like Bradford. Um, as long as it doesn't rain. Yeah, I'd like there uh, last year. Your, your electrical equipment couldn't stand it. I don't yeah, think. exactly. Yeah, it's last year my uh, my laptop screen filled with water because the press box is uncovered basically. Pretty much. And oh, uh, yeah. it was the middle of storm. Was it Storm Brian or something like that? I can't remember what it's called at the time. Yeah, but it didn't was... get ruined by a decent name Storm. No, nah, but it was the <laughs> um, we just talking about on the, on the, yeah the, the walk back to the station after I was the, I've got absolutely soaking. But we were laughing at the boat last year. We decided Mr. to bag. Yeah, decided to, he was going to wrap himself <laughs> up in bin bags before leaving the press room last year. He probably got to his car nice and drive we were absolutely yeah he's so probably laughing at you I'm, in his I'm, car I'm bringing him with me next, next week yeah. I hope he turns up in those same bin bags turns out that's just what he wears <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right well we have run out of time on uh, tonight's channel live uh, it's been a really enjoyable one thanks to all of you guys for getting involved having a chat about yesterday's 3-2 victory over Wickham Wanderers. Thanks to Lee Bowyer for coming in and talking to Terry and, of course, Lyle Taylor for talking to us as well after the game. Uh, thanks. It's been a packed studio. Tom Wallin, you're throwing a ball up in the air in celebration. <laughs> yeah. Clocked off. Yeah, thank you for, for coming in this evening. Cheers. Nathan Muller, good to have you. See you later, mate. And uh, us three will be back on Thursday. You're not slacking yeah, off here. this week. No, yeah, I'll excellent. turn up this week. Excellent. Right. allowing. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Terry Smith, thanks for, for coming in. Cheers, guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll, I'll see you up uh, next week up at Bradford City. Right, I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks to all of you for having your sound tonight. Show on the emails, the tweets, and on the forum. We hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you back here on Thursday evening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.